Hi, this is Pastor Tom Holliday, and I want to welcome you into the end of our look at the Gospel of Mark together. This is the last day of our look at the last chapter of the Gospel of Mark, the resurrection chapter of the Gospel of Mark. And we've been talking this week about the resurrection of Christ and putting ourselves in, in different chairs to look at the resurrection, first from the viewpoint of the women who were there on that first day, and then the viewpoint of an historian and how historically accurate this truth of Jesus' life and death and resurrection are. Then the chair of a skeptic and how you might allow doubts to come into your mind and why that happens and how to confront that. Yesterday, the chair of, the, of a theologian, and we had one day to look at it, the, the theology, the truth of the impact of the resurrection, you could spend your entire life studying it and never finish that study. Today, we're going to look at the resurrection personally, from the chair I'm sitting in, from the chair you're sitting in, from our chair, from your chair. Sure, the resurrection is important. But the real importance is found when you move to your chair. The resurrection has changed history. It is the foundation of the most powerful world religion. But that's only a byproduct of the real power of the resurrection. The major purpose of the resurrection is to change you. So let me read for you again, Mark chapter 16, verses 1 to 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You were looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. I want to focus on the message that was given to the, those women in that tomb. As they listened that first day, that message is also for you. It's also for me. That first day they heard, he is not here. And because he is not here, because he was not there in that grave and he's no longer in that grave, never will be in that grave again, neither does death, death have any power over you. Yesterday, as we looked at the theology of the resurrection, we heard a lot about death not having any sting, any power any longer. Oh, we still die physically, but eternally we will, we will be alive. And even the physical death that we experience in these bodies, these bodies will be resurrected to be with him someday. What an incredible, incredible truth from the scripture. He is not here, and because of that, I have new life. Death does not have power over you. On that first day, these women also heard, he has risen. He's not here, he has risen, he lives on, and that means he can live on through you. The early Christian greeting, when they saw each other on the street, was to look at each other and say, he has risen, because they wanted to remind themselves of the victory. This is the major victory of your life. You may have family victories and business victories and educational victories, and you may have other life victories, but the major victory of my life, the major victory of your life is the victory of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, because that is the one that's going to last forever. That is the one that most impacts my life today, if I'll only allow it to. It's the victory of the risen Christ. He is not here. He has risen. And then the next thing they hear is, he is going before you. He's going to be there to meet you in Galilee. The command that they had heard from the beginning as disciples of Christ to follow me, it didn't end at the tomb. 
Instead, the command, follow me, it's amplified in the resurrection. Because Jesus Christ is resurrected, because he is in heaven now, that means every one of the believers, the billions of believers in the world today, can personally follow him. If Jesus was still walking this earth physically, only a few people could personally follow him at the same time. But because he is within us spiritually, each one of us can follow him in our daily lives. We can live out that command to take up the cross daily and to follow him. He's going before you, so you follow him. And what does it mean to live the resurrected life? It's the he is not here life. It's the he is risen life. It's the he is going before you life. But it's also the go and tell life. Go and tell. Now, it took these women some time to get it. They didn't get it right at first. So if you haven't gotten it right at first, you're just like them and you're just like me. I struggle with going and telling. I struggle with getting it right at first. I can certainly relate to these women. So how do you go and tell? How do you become the kind of person whose life lets other people know of this kind of life that only Jesus Christ can give? Well, you, do, you do four things. Number one, you look to a resurrected Lord. You look to your personal relationship on a daily basis with him. You don't let your faith become something that's just rules and rituals. You don't let your faith become something that's just completing a set of tasks that need to be done at the church or tasks that need to be done in your devotional life. You make it about a daily relationship with him. You look to a resurrected Lord, and then you live a resurrected life. If you want to be a go-and-tell kind of person, you've got to live a resurrected life. You've got to let the life that Jesus has be poured into your life on a daily basis. And that comes in your decisions. That comes when you face temptations. That comes when you stumble in sin and you go to him for forgiveness and restoration. That comes as you deal with the struggles and the problems and trials and difficulties of life. And that comes just as you work through the daily details and routine of life. You can live a resurrected life in every one of those areas. How do you do that? You live the way that Jesus told us to live. He told us he wants us to live with a love for God and a love for others. He said nothing's more important than that. Start there. If you want to live a resurrected life, start there. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And watch what the resurrected life does to make you a go-and-tell kind of person. You look to a resurrected Lord. You live a resurrected life. And then you also long for a resurrected body. You long for that day when we're going to be in heaven with him, and he's going to give us a new body. Some people get confused by these verses that we've read this week and think that because we don't get our resurrected body for a while, that means we don't immediately go to be with Jesus when we die. No, immediately you go to be with Jesus when you die, if you stay uh, long enough on this world to die before he comes again. But later, Jesus is going to resurrect even our bodies out of the tomb, and he's going to combine our resurrected spirit with our resurrected body if you want more study about this, you can go to a foundation study on the afterlife that I've done and get some more about this. But I just want you to not be confused about the fact that we get a resurrected body just like Jesus got a resurrected body. And as you look at your body, you look at your life in this world today, and you see the struggles that you go through, you see that things aren't perfect, uh, maybe you're getting older and you feel like, hey, I'm going downhill, not uphill when it comes to my physical body. The story is not over yet. And when you feel pains and struggles in this earth, on this planet, even in your own body, instead of just being doubtful, instead of just being afraid, instead of just wondering what's wrong with me, turn those feelings into a longing, into a longing for a resurrected body, knowing that one day I'm going to spend eternity with him. What do you do to become a go-and-tell person? You look 
to a resurrected Lord. You live a resurrected life. You long for a resurrected body. And then the fourth thing, I, I, I want to go back to the first thing because it's so important. You look to a resurrected Lord. Yeah, I put it in twice, but it deserves it. Because really what it's all about is my daily relationship with Jesus. And I can have a daily relationship with Jesus because he is alive. He's not in that tomb anymore. So I can talk to him every day. I can get guidance from him every day. I can get strength from him and encouragement from him every day because he is a resurrected Lord. What does it mean that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead? It means this. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in the kindness that he has for us in Christ Jesus. It is by grace that you've been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so we come to the end of our study of the Gospel of Mark. I like what somebody on our research team said about Mark chapter 16. This has to be one of the best chapters of the Bible. This is our hope and promise. And Mark, in his typical style, has not said it with a lot of words. He just gets right to the point all the way through the book. We've seen that again and again and again. In this bullet point gospel, he just gives us the bullet points of the, of the resurrection of Christ. And really, that's all you need. He is alive. And because he is alive, I can live a new life. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for everything we've read in this gospel. Thank you for what you taught us. Thank you for the miracles that you did to show us your power and your compassion. Thank you for the way you confronted even the enemies of faith in ways that invited them in. Thank you for the tender way that you cared for your disciples when they had doubts. But thank you also for the way that you challenged their lives, even as you challenge our lives. And thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the Garden of Gethsemane, where you chose not my will, but God, your will. Thank you for the night of trials that you faced. Thank you for your willingness to choose to go to the cross and to hang there, dying for our sins. Thank you, Jesus Christ, that you allowed yourself to be placed in a cool tomb. God in a tomb. What humility. And thank you, Jesus Christ, that you are undoubtedly, certainly, you are alive. And because you are alive, I have new life. Thank you for what the meaning of your life is in my daily life. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for this indescribable gift, for this great victory, for this incredible joy of your life. Help me to live that life today. In your name I pray, amen. I want to invite you 
to join us next week as we continue in our regular studies and Drive Time Devotions. Or you might want to go to one of our websites or on iTunes and look up Drive Time Devotions and do one of the other studies of one of the other books. You can do them with us in order or you can do them in a different order as you would like. Whatever way, I am thrilled at your commitment, your daily commitment to listen to God's Word and let it impact your life. Thank you for finishing this study of the Gospel of Mark. And thank God for the difference that He has made in our lives through the truth of His Word. We'll see you next week for the next study in Drive Time Devotions. Mm -hmm.